Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the Brooklyn Bunker. There are some days, folks, where I just, I don't know, you know, where I wake up, And I meditate and I try and get into a clear focus space um, to start the day off on a good foot. And what I'm finding over the last couple of weeks that it is getting harder and harder to find hope, to find good in in what is transpiring. To think that, you know, it was just a couple of weeks ago that we had Thanksgiving and folks were gathering again and, you know, oh my goodness, just to think, you know, a year ago we were on uh, Zoom Thanksgivings and we didn't know what was happening and now we have a vaccine and we have boosters and, you know, believing that we were working our way back to some sense of normalcy. Within three weeks from Thanksgiving, we are in such a different state of being and the instability of it all, how quickly things are devolving with this new variant. We're seeing headlines once again of shows being canceled and games being canceled. And, you know, if you were headed back into work, you've probably received emails about that being postponed. And there is just this gloom, this desperation, this anxiety that once again, it's like, hello, darkness, my old friend, it is returning. A couple of weeks ago, um, Uh, maybe two weeks ago at this point, I was getting ready to go to a holiday party, right? Because it seemed safe to be able to do that, 
you know, so long as you were putting together what you thought were safe COVID protocols, everybody go and get uh, a negative test and, you know, and, and, you know, show proof of vaccination. And then we could gather maybe still not in these large groups, but at least in small ones. And I went to this, you know, holiday gathering of roughly like 20, 25 people. And, you know, again, it just, it felt like, you know, slowly things were coming back to this sense of normal, at least a new normal, where we put protocols in place, but that we were able to gather once again. Days following that event, received a phone call. It was a breakthrough infection. Everybody needs to go and get tested. Thankfully, at that time, I was testing negative and still, you know, right now testing negative, even though I have come into contact with yet not one, not two, but three people um, who have had breakthrough infections. Right now, I am testing negative. But the sense of fear that I have just continues to build so much so that I am like, you know, I'm just trying to make it home for the holidays. Like I'm just trying to get there so that I can just go back into my original COVID pod with my parents, with my sister, and just close out the world for the next couple of days, just to give some, my mind, my heart, some rest and reprieve. And I know that you all are feeling the same way. It just feels like the pressure continues to mount. And, you know, in my upcoming conversation with our friend, Dr. Jonathan Metzl, it's the last uh, one-on-one that we will have of 2021. You know, he struggles to try and find some hope, but essentially What Jonathan offers is a really stark warning that the next four to six weeks in America are going to be terrible. That, you know, as I am broadcasting right now, the first reported death from the Omicron variant has been reported and has been reported in Texas. Um, I think that the news has been making false statements when they say that the Omicron variant is mild. I think that we have no idea. And by using terminology like mild, what you are giving people is a false sense of hope. We have no idea what the long-term effect, what the long-term effect of alpha is, the long-term effect of delta, or the long-term effect of Omicron. We have no idea why it is breaking around the vaccinations and the boosters, but we do know that those that have been vaccinated and boosted are less likely to show up on ventilators, are less likely to be clogging up our hospital systems. But as I'm watching the numbers, the numbers in Tennessee and other red states are in the double digits of their infection rates. Tennessee right now is at a 17.3% infection rate. That is higher than some developed fucking nations, right? And we have just developed this sense of anger and fear and resentment 
towards one another as this has all been transpiring because of, right, because of our initial response that was hailed by the Trump administration and Republicans to turn this all into political folly for their own gain. Who cares if over 800,000 Americans are dead because of them? Who cares if they had all of the pertinent information to keep us safe at that time and then chose not to? No one is going to go to jail. No one is going to be charged, right? I'm just so tired these days of seeing white, wealthy, powerful people do such fucking harm, cause such devastation, and nothing happened to them. They just get new jobs and are in different positions to be able to do the same things over and over again. I tweeted this week that I think that Merrick Garland may be one of the most ineffectual and weak United States attorney generals that we have ever seen. Given every bit of information from the insurrection to the coronavirus, he has done nothing. This Department of Justice has done nothing, right? We continue to act as if, you know, all of these deaths are just attributed to God's will when in fact they are not. The political leaders that were in charge in 2020 failed us and they knowingly failed us, right? It wasn't, oh my God, we have no idea what we're doing. We're just trying to do the best that we can and people died. No, they received the information. They chose not to share it with the public. And not only did they not share it, it's not as if they were like, oh, we're just going to zip our mouths. No, They did the complete and total opposite of what doctors and what scientists were telling them. And that put almost a million Americans at risk of death. 800,000 folks. I keep saying that before the end of the first quarter in 2022, a million Americans more than any other nation will have died. And we still have an entire news network telling people lies while they put together their own vaccine protocols, their own booster protocols. But what they're putting on air is a complete and total opposite. And I ask again, where's the FCC? Why aren't these people being charged? Why aren't they being fined at the very least? Why aren't there big blackout screens before every Fox anchor goes on that says, this is for entertainment purposes only. This content, you know, is rated, you know, whatever, you know, rated N, rated F, rated whatever for its lies, for its um, misguidance, for its misinformation, all of these things. It's like, we can't even do the bare fucking minimum to keep people safe. It isn't just enough to come up with the tools and the tactics if you're also not fighting against the continued misinformation that is responsible for all of these deaths. It is not enough to just say, oh, we need to come together without pointing the finger and letting people know who is responsible for where we are right now. Jonathan will say, later in our interview, that the lockdown measures that happened in 2020 would be ineffectual now. And why is that? 
because Omicron is a lot more contagious than Alpha was. You see, when we were dealing with the OG Alpha COVID variant, right, you could be, you needed to be in space with people for 10 to 15 minutes, right? Which is why we said six feet of social distance, which is why we said wear a mask because there was less virus and it took longer for people to be infected. Well, thanks to Republicans, thanks to their pushback to science, thanks to their complete dismissiveness to facts, we got into a political war where they decided to side with a virus over the health and well-being of the public. So when we could have mitigated and or squashed COVID out with six feet of distance, with wearing masks, and with agreeing collectively to lock down for an extended period of time to wipe out the alpha, we didn't. Then the Delta shows up. And guess what? It was more contagious than the alpha version, that you needed less time to be in contact with people. And now, Omicron. And what is that saying? That basically, you could walk into your fucking hallway, you could walk out your front door, and there is so much virus in the air, and it is so so contagious that it is even more so contagious than the measles were. And the reality is this. We do not know the long-term effects of this virus. What Jonathan will tell us is that it exists in your body. You're seeing, seeing pictures, and I wish that they would have put this as PSAs and commercials in the same way that they handled smoking back in the 1990s. Here's a lung free of COVID. Here's a lung with COVID. Here are some of the long-term effects of what we know to be true, which is brain fog, which is fatigue, right? That you continue to get sick easier because your body is still fighting off this virus. But we're not doing that. We're not taking this on and waging a campaign against those that are doing their fucking damnedest to make sure COVID never leaves us. We are going into year two with a variant that is out of control. And what we know is that as quickly as Delta emerged, as quickly as Omicron emerged, that there is going to be another variant just waiting in the wings that is going to sweep the globe as quickly as Omicron did. And that is what is terrifying me. Is that I'm trying, right? We're all trying desperately to get to this holiday season so that we can just have a week of reprieve. But what is going to follow that weeks-long gathering with our family and with our friends is going to be the winter of despair. I'm not telling you not to go home. I'm not telling you not to have your family over. But what I am saying is send them rapid tests so that everyone can test before they come in the door. Will that mean that you're 100% protected? No but maybe it can give you some ease. The lines in New York are hours long to get tested. 
The other day when I went before the holiday party, I stood in line for two hours. I hadn't done that since 2020. And now people are standing in line once again, going on three, four, five hours to get tested. Test results that were once coming back in a few hours are now taking days because the system is so fucking overwhelmed. I wish that I could offer to all of you where we were in, in, in this cycle that we're in. If we were at the beginning, the middle, close to the end, but with each new variant, with each news report, it just seems like we are doing Groundhog's Day here. It's like that movie, it just keeps repeating like you're waking up or it's memento. And it's just like, didn't this just happen? That we just keep reliving over and over and over again. The first death has been reported. It is not going to be the last. And my fear, right? My fear is that what we are going to realize is that Omicron is not as quote unquote mild as people are saying that it is. That it just takes longer. I'm worried. That's all. That's all I can say is that I am worried. And you know, what I am trying to do is I am trying to meditate more. I am trying to connect with friends and family, you know, just call text, check in with people to see how they are doing because I am struggling to get through this week. You know, I I really am. I am, I am struggling at this point in time in using every single good tool that I've been using in my toolbox to just keep my spirits up. And it feels like nothing is enough right now. And so what I say to you is this, give yourselves grace. If you are down, if you are depressed, If you are struggling to get out of bed, sleep longer. If you are depressed, try and reach out to somebody just to connect so that you don't feel so isolated in your sadness. Um, if you're able, you know, get out and walk and stretch, take a long shower, soak in a tub, um, take considerable breaks from the news. If you don't have to watch it, give yourself, you know, a timer and say, I'm going to watch this program or I'm going to go on Twitter. I'm going to read for this amount of time, 30 minutes, an hour, and that's it. And then pick up another task, do something else that allows you to have some type of break. And I say that friends, because I am feeling the weight of this moment. I have been taking little breaks, but every time that I come back, it's like, it is worse than when I left, you know? And I know that I'm not the only one that feels this way. And so if you can pick up a book, right? Turn on a movie to just go off into another world for a bit. It allows us, 
you know, to, to bring our cortisol levels down because that's what rises up in our bodies. That that is the stress hormone that, you know, meditation, deep breathing, yoga, acupuncture, walking, gardening, you know, playing with your pets that helps to release, right. And bring down those levels because when they are too high friends, they can cause a lot of serious illness, right? If you're feeling, you know, you're having a lot of sleepless nights, try some, you know, melatonin, try some CBD oils, right? Um, or teas or tinctures. Just start adding a little bit more wellness and awareness into your daily state of being so that you are not caught off guard by these waves of unease, right? Um, because they knock me down. The other day, I will tell you that I was sitting and, and talking to a friend and, you know, we, we're, we're waiting the 15 minutes as we were taking our at-home tests and I burst into tears. I'm just like, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm tired of all of this right? Like I thought we were getting to a place where we figured out how we were going to be living with this. And now I feel like we're back to square one. And she, you know, responded, I know, I know, I know it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Because that's all we can say to one another right now. Give yourself grace, extend grace to others. You know, Try and make the best out of this season. Look for moments of gratitude. If you're a prayerful person, do that. If you're a meditative person, do that. Sit in silence and just allow yourself to level out. Um, we will make it through. And we will make it through together. Coming up next is my conversation, our last Woke Wednesday conversation with Dr. Jonathan Metzel of 2021. I hope that, you know, you get some important information out of it. Share it with your friends, your networks, your families. Um, the more that we can spread this information, the more that we can share uh, these shows, the better we will all be. Folks, you know that when it is going to be Wednesday, I am so excited to be joined by our friend, our in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzel, who, if you can believe it, this is our last recording together of 2021. We have been recording remote for damn near two years uh, and talking about COVID for two years. Um, Jonathan, before we get to where we are presently, I want to do a little reflection moment of when COVID came on the scene in, you know, I guess February, March of 2020, when it became part of our lexicon, did you believe that we would, like, what did you think was going to happen? It's funny. I was thinking about that exact thing this morning and several memories stood out for me. One was that the night before we realized it was a pandemic, but everybody knew about it. I was at dinner in a kind of random restaurant in Chelsea 
And there was a line. It was like one of those New York things where it's a huge restaurant, but there's only one bathroom for like 900 people. Um, and we're waiting in line to get in the bathroom. And everybody's jokingly singing the happy birthday song. Because at that time, the only thing we knew about the virus was if you wash your hands and sing the happy birthday song twice, that was that's what got rid of the virus. And so we were all joking and singing happy birthday. And we were complaining that the people in the bathroom were taking so long because they had a longer version of the happy birthday song. And it was kind of a jovial moment of like, oh, here's some random thing that's happening to us. And I miss those days where like, that's all we thought we had to do was like wash our hands and sing happy birthday. Uh, and I don't think any of us could have seen how that that moment in the beginning, and I'm sure everybody has stories like this, but everybody was saying, just get two weeks worth of food, you know, get enough yeah. cash if you have to bribe somebody for, you know, yeah. Purell or toilet paper for two weeks um, and, and just you know, whatever. So people were thinking about this the way we think about every other illness. Now, I wish I could just go back and like, I wish I could just go back and unknow everything we know now. Like, it sounds great to be that naive. Um, but now it's almost like, I mean, the crazy thing is it's, it's just, um, it's just um, exponential um, threat, right? I mean, that's yeah. the crazy thing about all this, that alpha was thre- alpha was terrifying because we didn't have natural immunity, because we didn't know the rules, we didn't know what it did. Um, but alpha was like an eight-track tape player compared to, you know, mm-hmm. compared to what we have now. Um, then Delta seemed like the worst thing ever, which it was at the time. It was horrifically fatal for people. It was very, very spreadable, but that is like the junior varsity compared to now. And so now we've got a new, as I call it, Omicron, um, which is, uh, which is just raised the bar considerably on just how fast it spreads, um, how infectious it is. And so we're, we're in the middle of something that we don't know where it's going to end. And I think part of the issue is that was inconceivable two years ago, Mm -hmm. two years ago, we felt like, Everything we knew, every trauma we knew, 9-11, war, civil rights movement, everything it had a like a beginning and a middle and an end. And and so to be in the middle of something that is TBD, I think, is 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 as stressful and, and as anxiety causing as is just the fear of everything that's happening around us. You know, it's it's really interesting because, you know, as we come to the end of the year, it is very natural to go through these different reflection moments, right? Like, how did the year treat me? What, you know, what what what's transpired? And I've been going back, you know, beyond the beginning of 2021 to 2020 because I feel like we're locked in some type of crazy loop right now, right? Where it seems like things get better then they get worse, then they get better, then they get fucking worse. So between alpha to delta, the thing that I've noticed about the virus is that it gets each with each iteration that becomes, it becomes increasingly spreadable, right? So from alpha to delta, they're like, this is spreading more. This is spreading faster. Then you go from Delta to Omicron. And it's just like, holy shit, you can walk out of your apartment and like, and, and, and get this. And it, it seems to me, Jonathan, that do you feel like it's becoming inevitable that everyone is going to contract COVID at some time? Because I can tell you that for the friends that I have who are vaccinated, boosted, 
There are a number of people who have contracted it now um, who have either had no symptoms to mild symptoms to being knocked out for days. And these are people, again, that are vaccinated and boosted. So are we just at the stage of this where it's inevitable that this is going that this is going to continue to mutate, which you say that it mutates, it's mutating every second, every moment. Um, and that that's just what we're going to be living with. Well, I certainly think you're right. I mean, the, the virus is always competing with itself for which can fa- spread faster. We're, we're above measles territory right now. And so wh- whatever wants to beat out the big O, as I call it, um, is going to have to like get you through your text message or your email or something because this thing is just in the air and so part of the issue is you're absolutely right it is spreading much faster but i cannot say this strongly enough and we've been talking about this for a while don't get the virus right now (laughs) even though it's inevitable even if it feels like everybody is getting it around you it's so important right now and i'll tell you why that is Mm -hmm. um now you can't help it right i mean right i'm I'm doing outdoor dining tonight and I don't know with Omicron, like what, how does it spread outside? We don't know that yet. Um, I have to go down and get my mail. Like every, everyday risk becomes, (laughs) everyday becomes a risk. And, And so it's always a calculus, but I can say that that is not a reason right now to let your guard down. And I say that for a couple of reasons. Number one is that even if people's symptoms are mild now, it, we don't know what Omicron does for long COVID. And that's the issue, right? This virus lives in your body, like shingles or some other stuff. You know, it, it lives in your body. And so we don't know what the long-term effects are. Even if it's mild, it could still have long-term effects. And so you don't want a virus living in your body. Uh, that That's number one. So keep masking, keep doing all this stuff. Number two is... Um, Number two is like right now is a bad time to get sick because honestly, everybody's getting sick. And so as we know, the testing centers are overflowing, the clinics are overflowing, the hospitals are overflowing, hospitalizations went up 50%. And so you also don't want to get sick when everybody else is getting sick, if you can help it. Um, So those are the two, those are the two arguments I think against getting COVID right now, which again, I really strongly think people shouldn't do. The flip side in the long run is, I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to, we're going to encounter this at some point. And so again, now's not the time, not the time to do it, but I just keep thinking about like during the Spanish flu, for example, the people who like played it the most safe, kind of like me, didn't have any antibodies to anything. They were the ones, they didn't do well. The people who were like out there toughing it out and stuff like that, they ended up developing a natural immunity also. Now we don't need to, I mean, it's, it's a risk for your life right now, but there's going to have to be some balance going forward. And again, there's new treatment, there's new knowledge coming on the way. So now is the, not the time to get sick, but, but I do think we're going to have to go into a state of, you know, this is just our reality, right? As we know. So it's, it's just, every time the virus changes, it changes our reality. Can I say one more thing that was like a Please. 10 hour yeah. answer? I realized, but the other issue is part of the risk is medical, but part of the risk is social that every every new iteration of the virus, um, every new iteration of the virus changes the social and political landscape. In other words, it made sense to lock down for alpha, but locking down, because it it really did actually make sense because of the way alpha spread, but the response of locking down and masks and all those things set off a political chain of events that was 
incredibly tribalizing and really almost catastrophic for our country. Delta then, the virus changed its properties and you could see our politics change around it in a certain way. And so I feel like with every iteration of the virus, our politics become more contested, Mm. more tribal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's almost like we're mutating along with the virus in a political sense. And it does lead us toward some really bad outcomes in a way. And so it's not just about the virus. It's also about the ways humans and political systems and infrastructures respond to these mutations. You know, that's such a good point, Jonathan. And and I, I really like the way that you phrased it, that the fact is that our politics are mutating in a way that is just as dangerous, frankly, as the virus is. And one of the questions that I've been, you know, asking with, with experts like you and, you know, and, and to colleagues on Twitter is if, if politics were taken out of it, right? And, and, the, and the thing is, is that we keep finding out each and every week more and more information about what it was that the Trump administration did in order to essentially ensure that as many people as possible would get sick. Like that, that is how I'm framing it because there's no other way to say that you're given this information about a global health pandemic and then you've chosen, you're cho- you've chosen to do the absolute and complete opposite of what every doctor and scientist has said that you should do. And no one is going to be held accountable for it. So I can get as angry as I want, but nobody's going to jail for over 800,000 American deaths. Um, when in fact that they should, because there is actual, you know, factual evidence pointing into the direction of willful negligence. But I say this, that if politics were taken out of it and we have this new variant right, right now, would we, should we be going into a lockdown? Is this a self-quarantine situation, which is, which is potentially what is going to be happening in New York, right? Like we, we're, people are saying like the bars are empty. Um, I think it was David Gora from, uh, who, who tweeted and said the bars are empty and the lines for city MD are like miles long, right? So are we going to be heading into a, if, if politics had taken, taken out of it and doctors and scientists had been running the show right now, would we be going back into a lockdown? It's funny because we know so much more than we did when we went into that initial lockdown. We know so much more about the virus, its effects. And so I really don't think that going back into lockdown the way we did in 2020 is in the cards, nor should it be. Um, because with this version of the virus, a lockdown itself isn't going to do the work that it did in 2020. And so part of the issue is to learn how to. Why is that? Wait, before you go on, why, why, just so people can understand, why wouldn't a lockdown be as effective as it was in 2020, March of 2020, as it, as it could be now? This is going to be a horror movie territory, but um, in 2020 with the alpha variant, you needed to be exposed for about 15 minutes. Um, and so there was no chance you were going to get it walking through your lobby or um, from your mailman or you give it to your mailman or things like that. In other words, distancing people. And the other thing is the alpha variant didn't travel more than six to eight feet in the air. And so you could social distance. There were all these things that the that the, that were very effective. And I can't say this strongly enough. Um, 
if the pandemic had stopped at the end of the alpha variant, which of course it didn't, we would be in a totally different space politically right now in a way because um, because of because of all this. So, but so we had the right strategy for the alpha variant. We really did. Um, at the time, and also we didn't know anything, but that that's not going to work right now. Um, we've seen that shutting down the economy is bad. Um, I mean, I'm thinking Barr should go give martinis to people in line at City MD or something. <laughs> you know, there's got to be a way to keep the bars in business. Um, but I think that there's economic effects. I also think that given the way that this virus hangs in the air, the way that it's transmitted and things like that, unless you're I don't know. I think like it's probably easier for somebody like me as a single American to like <laughs> to isolate myself a little bit more easily or something like that. But we we engage with other people. We're dependent on other people. And and so I just think that that strategy is is going to take a back seat in a way, even though in a way that chaotic total lockdown um maybe Maybe that, I mean, in a way we overreacted to that, but it, now we're underreacting to this. I think that's totally mm. possible. Do you think we're underreacting? To this? I mean, this is by far the most dangerous threat we've had. And January is going to be the worst month of the pandemic by far. There's a chance we're going to have a million infections a day. Um, so, um, so yeah, I think we're, I mean, no, you know, I, we're I, exhausted. I, no, but I say that, Jonathan, because yeah. the, the thing that I think people keep hanging on to with this is that the symptoms are mild, right? That we're not like, while hospitalizations are going up and again, this is a, a, with large regard to unvaccinated people, but vaccinated and boosted people are still getting this, but they're not dying at the same rate. And so like, is it wrong to say that while this is more contagious, it's not as lethal? Or do we, or has it not been around long enough for us to really say that it's not as lethal? Okay, let me just preface this by saying I'm a happy person. I I love puppies. Daffodils are are amazing. I love I love a sunny day in a warm wheat field. So I'm not a total downer, except when you say the oh my the big O is mild. Um, talk to me in two weeks. Talk to me in three weeks because that's really going to be the issue. Um, the the information came out right away that. This was this version was mild, quote unquote, mm -hmm. bad word choice, mm -hmm. um, and the reason was because it was in, where it was spreading in South Africa was people were not getting hospitalized or dying as much. Now, the reason that was happening, we don't know for sure yet, but part of it is that everybody there had had COVID probably multiple times or been exposed to it many many times. And so they had a kind of form of natural immunity. Plus, about half the people were vaccinated. And so in a way, that was a very particular setting. And in a small study in London, they found that it was no less and sometimes even more um, dangerous than the Delta variant for, for people um, who were, at least in this one town in London. And I think that's what Denmark is going to show also. And so the question of, is it more mild, I think is not quite certain yet. I don't okay. think we know. And I think that the question is, if people have been dramatically exposed to earlier versions of COVID and also were vaccinated, it's certainly going to be mild for them. If they're NFL athletes who are in incredible shape and getting tested every single day and have all been vaccinated three times, it's probably going to be mild for them. But for America, I have to say, 
we we are facing something really major in the next four to six weeks. Um, and hopefully this is a mild version. I hope that's great. But I would also say that there's enough data right now that's not pointing that way that we should not just jump out and have a, you know, um, Omicron party and everybody get it because we don't know yet. And we also don't know what the impact is for long COVID. So there's enough of a red flag there that I think just thinking of it as mild is not a, not not the, the time to let your guard down. You know, and I, I the reason why I say that, because I'm mimicking what mainstream media is saying, right? I'm mimicking what every news, you know, station and show has been saying, which is that it's spreading rampant. Uh, I think Fauci had said the the uh, the the O variant has already overtaken Delta. We are at seventy three percent. I think of the infections are of the the Omicron variety, um, and the reality is, though, Jonathan, this is this is where I think things are getting really troubling. Is that people like myself? Are like I I I I cannot wait for this week to be done, just so that we can have like a little bit of like for me. I will not be watching the news for a week. I will be with my you know with a small part portion of my family because we have already decided that Christmas is once again not going to look like we thought that it was going to look, um, unless everybody is doing rapid testing at the door and did a PCR beforehand and like what have you. But the reality is is that emotionally, I think we're all hanging on by a fucking thread. You know, Biden is speaking tonight to the nation and he's not the most no charismatic guy, but I will say that now is a time to talk to humanity, to share humanity, uh, because I think we've fallen into a trap, which is on both sides, right? When you hear somebody is not getting the vaccine, we, we jump to the conclusion that they just want the virus or that they're a bad person, that there's a very strong moral component to that. Um, or uh, And certainly our politics makes you think that way and, and vice versa in a particular way. And so a lot of people are suffering right now and a lot of people are feeling a kind of PTSD and a kind of sense of letdown um, about the future they imagined about the about the the fact that we've worked so hard just to get to this point no matter what side of the spectrum politically you're on we've worked really hard just to survive to this point and the fact that now we're facing this this situation again is profoundly just demoralizing and so i really think biden needs to speak to that human component right mm-hmm. this is not a time to cast blame i mean we've seen plenty of blame in terms of political decisions and just everything about Twitter and stuff like that. It's, it's right there. There's no mystery, but right now, like we don't have a language for shared trauma, for shared humanity, uh, for this sense that I, like I teach college students, they're wondering like, what is the future? What is the future? What, what, what are the world, what's the world going to look like? Um, and, and I think everybody's thinking that in terms of just this and the next phase of their life. And so in a way we need that kind of language right now, in part because we don't know where this is going, but in part because like we're all experiencing it and there's no, there's no venue or language to talk about it. So I hope, I hope he rises to the occasion tonight. Um, and if not, I hope somebody does. Yeah. I got to tell you, you know, shared trauma is right. Right. Um, I have 
been talking to so many, you know, so many people over the course of the last couple of weeks. And I just can't believe where we were on Thanksgiving 2021 to where we are, you know, as we head into the Christmas holiday, how rapidly things have unraveled. Um, the last question for you, Jonathan, is around this four to six week uh, lag that we're looking at. And we heard from Jen Psaki, uh, White House press secretary, that this is going to be, you know, a long winter of death and illness for the unvaccinated. But again, it is not just the unvaccinated that are getting sick, um, that there are breakthrough cases. We have, you know, just this week, Senators Warren, Booker, um, have breakthrough cases of COVID. Um, what is your message for people as we're going into this gathering season where there are, you know, uh, travel is up 34%. Um, you know, people are going home, you know, they're making the choice to be with their family. It's been a really long, tough time. Um, what is your advice to the, to those people as, as we move into what you're saying and, and, and what we know to be true, a really precarious, um, part of, of this, this new surge? Well, I really think it has to be, we're all in this together. I mean, that, that really, it seems almost naive at this point to think about that, um, because this has been so politicized. Um, and, and, and there has to be a way to step back from that. I just think that, I just, I really think that I'm tired of fighting about this. I know people who are not vaccinated and they're not bad people. They're, they're, they don't, we don't agree about political stuff and, and I feel like their politics is leading them in a very different, different direction than mine. But I just think we've, 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 this level of, of fear has led to a kind of demonization, which is reinforced by all the algorithms through which we engage with each other, social media and things like that. And there has to be a way to get back to some kind of language of empathy. And I believe me, can't even believe these words are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> you know, I'm the guy who wrote Dying of Whiteness. Um, but I think that we're facing a tsunami, a tidal wave, but the next month is going to be really hard. And if we don't get some common national resolve um, in some form or other, if, in some way, um, we are really going to be facing some really dire situation. And I think that also on the flip side, what sociologists call social capital is what we need right now. We need a sense that our neighbors are looking out for us and vice versa. And so in a way, now is the time to think about, is there a way to break down this stuff and think about some language of common good that, um, again, because I think we are, we're facing a, you know, a Pearl Harbor kind of situation, um, a 9-11 kind of situation, whatever, you know, moment brought us together and it seems impossible to imagine, but in a month, that's where we're going to be. And so I really think that th that now is the time to start thinking about, is there a way we can break out of this finger pointing mess we've gotten ourselves into? And, and how is that even possible? Jonathan, I just don't know. I really, no, I, I know, I, you know, I it's, just, it, it seems, I, I just it seems impossible. Know. Yeah. Um, it, it does. It feels impossible. It seems, um, completely overwhelming. Uh, and I, I, I really, I, I wish for everyone to be as safe and as healthy and as thoughtful as possible as I know all that listen to woke AF have been and are, but my God, 
Pearl Harbor, 9-11, Tsunami. You couldn't have picked, like, you know, any, this is all, any good those were, movie or any good, you know, good. Gremlins, too. Uh, well, Jonathan, I, I wish for you, as the year comes to a close, some time for peace, some time for relaxation and recharging because something tells me that 2022 is going to be an extension of 2021, which was an extension of 2020. Um, and that we're going to be in this for the long haul. So take whatever break it is that you're giving to yourself. Um, and I wish you some form of happy holiday season. No, same. I mean, I'll just be here hunkering down in Brooklyn. If anybody out there in television America is around, we can go for a walk in Fort Greene Park or something, but no, I'll, I'll just be here you know, um, working my way through my, um, my stockpiled peanut butter from the first round of all this stuff. So <laughs> thank you, Jonathan, as always, we appreciate you and your insight and have, uh, just a lot of gratitude for the last two years of conversation with you. Hope that we can continue. We absolutely will take care. That is it for me today here, folks, on Woke AF Daily. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.